size decoration. Right, did we tell you what we wanted you here for? I think, yeah. You didn't even tell them what you wanted. It was a while ago, and then we forgot. But it was, I just knew that I knew that I had a spot on my monthly calendar for we this. We had you waiting, willing, and so I, I to knew, get you here. like I, I knew that I said yes. So that's why I was like, okay, I knew I said I'd say yes. To this. I don't, I forgot what I'm talking about, but I said so I'd be here. A, you can talk about whatever you want. No, so the last couple of weeks, we've talked about expectations, life expectations, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And we wanted you specifically to talk about, um, I guess, growing up in the black church and leaving it. Mm-hmm. If that is the top, or just religion. Only religion in general, in general or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember. Yes, that's what we talked about. Um, but whatever yeah. you actually want to talk about, we'll. Just go from there. I think because we just like talking about random shit. Yeah. So, when I've been on something like this in the past, it's good to be with people who are like brown and doing this. Because mm-hmm. uh, besides from ours, never it's always white people. Oh. But it was one guy who was biracial, so I guess I'll count that. That counts. Yeah, that, yeah that'll count. The one drop rule, right? Yeah, it, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll allow unless, that. Unless unless you don't look at all black. Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so like Carol Channing. Yeah, but I think um, I find that Channing people enjoy um, what when people ask me, they're very surprised when I say I don't believe anymore, and but I still know so much about the Bible because I actually went to school for it. I mean, you don't forget it. Yeah, and um, I think when people ask me random questions about is this in there and that, like even when I used to like teach seminar classes and I would give them a chance to do like ask me anything about it and I'll tell you what I know and just what people think they know and it's like oh no that's not in there or no that's this okay. is what this actually because I like know well I can't read it anymore for it's I'm out of practice but I could like read the Greek and stuff and tell you this yeah. doesn't really say that or this doesn't really mean oh, what the translations are trash yeah like right the, the, it's like no I, like once you learn how to read it in Greek it's like oh this is this is totally different like this is nice <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so yeah Good. I'm going to use that, but we got to do our introduction. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Yes. Do it. Pop them ass cheeks. I love porn. I was invited. I was invited. Absolutely, bitch. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Not a fan. I'd rather go eat. Okay, I don't need it. I would like it, though. Never. Ever. Let me turn my. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, we have rings from his phone all the time. I told you I'm a on the show. My, my professional habits are hard. You could just turn the sound off. That's true, but I'm nervous. Oh, Did I you turn it all the way off? Yeah, but I mean, no one's pregnant. You're doing, I'm you're doing too much. No. I mean, how right. did you know it? <laughs> all right. So, welcome to another episode of. That was too close. Welcome to another episode of Mixed Reactions. I'm tired of you and your bullshit. I'm just, Already. I'm a mess. I keep telling everybody. I'm every every fucking week. week. It's okay. I'm still black though. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so welcome to another episode of Mixed Reactions because I'm mixed. And I'm and black. And he's Malcolm. And I'm black. And he's Christian. I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. It always matters. But. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> You can't have drunk bitches as friends. You know what? I am on my second glass of uh, what do you call this? Poinsettias? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. What? Are the, well, okay. I don't care. Right. I'm moving on. All right. Because Let's we go. have we have a guest in studio. In the studio. Yes. Sure. Sure. In the location of the recording. Yeah, that one. It's a studio. How would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Um. Hi. I'm Verdell. 
nice to be here in the studio. In the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a studio. It can be whatever you want it to be. The we are in the studio. Area. <laughs> Listen, this is it's a studio now. I've yes. watched enough Sesame Street to know that it can be whatever you want it to hey. be. Right. It might not have like the foam on the walls to keep the echoes out. Or See, you don't have to tell nobody that though. Nobody okay. wouldn't know that Everybody, if you didn't tell them. It's fine. I listen. There, the walls are soundproof to me. Hey, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on to all the egg cartons I use. Oh God, I could build so many studios if I all the egg cartons I've gone through. I could build my own building of studios. Right. Hey. All right. So I guess what do you do? You want to introduce yourself with the pronouns and the things that you do and and enjoy and. And, and let the people know. Tell us about your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. No. So pronouns he, him, his. Um, I'm not good at talking about myself. Um, Brag. I like, I love to play tennis. I love to watch tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, we have lots of discussions about the tennis. Yes, we do. Um, I, what else? Um, I like video games. Right. I like arts, martial arts training. Uh, yes, I'm I, I'm a, a, a new personal trainer. It's probably one of the gayest things I've ever done is become a personal trainer. Wait, no, <laughs> no, because you I haven't don't... started. You haven't started posting shirtless selfies on Instagram. I don't know if that's trained with me. Gay though, it's like, not because I follow no? a lot of straight trainers as well. Oh yeah. really? Oh, that's okay. the only trainers I know. Most okay. of the, most of the gay guys are taking classes from the straight trainers. I know. Oh, well. I know. Anyway. I See, I well, well you know, no. okay, and, all, and most mistaken. of them are just on the Instagrams with mm-hmm. no clothes oh. on. And it's like, hey, gay, straight, bi, whatever you want to be, honey, I'm gonna look at it. Oh well, <laughs> Thank we, you. That, we can get you some clients then, you know. Oh, that thing. Well, sure, um, that, that works. <laughs> um, and, uh, and also, along with that, I did a lot of um, advocacy work, communications work, um, um, you know, working on various, you know social justice warrior issues, those types of things. Um, go Blacks. Yeah, go Blacks, go Queers, Woo! go women, go immigrants, um, all those types of things. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they can go. Yeah, so all... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't pick up on the mic, so it's okay. Nobody will know what I said. So, all of that, but also a big part of, of that was also, which is probably the reason why you all asked me here, um, once upon a time, I was a clergy person. Um, I went to Howard University School of Divinity, um, then I also went to Wesley Theological Seminary, both in D.C., did a lot of work, a lot of research, won a preaching award, no. you know, all that type of stuff. So you official, official. Um, you know, been around the Christian block, um, the only type of Christian I, I wasn't, ortho, you know, Eastern Orthodox, I wasn't Catholic, but wide range of Christian experiences, mm-hmm. um, ranging from conservative to not, and now nothing at all, so... Word. And yeah. I'm only Christian in so, name. Huh? I'm only Christian in name. Literally. So what would you, if you <laughs> care to share, would you consider yourself like atheist or agnostic or both? Just okay. Um, you can be an ag uh, an, an agnostic atheist. Yeah. Um, I actually don't use the word atheist because when people, particularly in black folks, say atheist, they automatically think white folks. Right. Um, and I, <laughs> I refuse to tell my mom to this day. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, no, they're going to automatically think, oh, it's not what, but there's a long tradition of particularly black atheists who were involved in civil rights and even involved in church. Like even, um, like black atheism came about 
had nothing to do with white people. But a lot of, I mean, in the past, the black church has been more than just religion. It was a meeting space. It was a safe space. Yes. Right. Because a lot of the community actions happened in the church, Mm -hmm. not necessarily revolving around the word, but... It was the one space that that we had. And so it was, it was, everything was there. Like everything happened there because it was the one space that we mostly controlled. Um, And so there's a lot of black atheists who would like donate like a of Randolph and stuff like that. Like they would donate to churches, not because they believed in the theology. They just were like, well, look, they're feeding poor people. So I'll give, or they're organizing here. So I'll give money, but it had nothing to do with belief, but this, the idea like black people, you know, black, you know, black and brown people are actually smart. Oh, and and, and sometimes (laughs) we have to even remind our own folks about that. And so black people have came to the conclusion of atheism without having to read a dead white man's book. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's still surprising for people, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to understand or understand, explain that feeling towards like other people who think or ask me, why do I feel like I'm agnostic or atheist? Oh, I can explain mine easily. You know what? It, it's to the point where I kind of don't know how to explain it, but I also don't care to sometimes. I, I have a theory. I'm sorry. A hypothesis, not a theory. Same, but I have a hypothesis because you, you haven't tested it. <laughs> <laughs> if people understood what theory was, they wouldn't say it as much. Right, <laughs> but my, I'm my sorry. yeah, my like gravity is a theory, but I'm we all pretty much agree that if you jump out the window, you're gonna die. Yeah, not me, but you know, everybody else. It depends on what level window you jump out of. Well, that that is true. Yeah, there was a baby that jumped out of the well, not jumped, but fell out of a seventh story apartment See, building if, last if, week. If, if the baby jumped, then I have questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the world, she was like, the baby was already it's tired. It's like, like, like I'm like, done. this bullshit. I can't. It's I like, look, it. it's the last time y'all keep bringing me these lukewarm ass bottles, and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. My diaper has been wet for thirty minutes. <laughs> I have called you. And I have cried, and you still have not changed me. I am done with this bullshit. I need a new family. Goodbye, cruel world. Let's let's reset this shit while we can. We'll get too far (laughs) into it. Um, But I, this this this. All right, I'll, I'll explain my. I think a lot of black and brown people, because they, I think that they think too much about what white people think, Mm. and because of how I grew up, I grew up around mostly black people. And then after that, it was brown folks. And then a spattering of like good, quote unquote, liberal whites. Mm. Um, Well-intentioned whites? Let's say well-intentioned. So like, you know, (laughs) so I grew up not thinking about what white people thought about me and what I did. Mm -hmm. And so the idea, like even how people talk about respectability now is like, oh, everything respectable is like, respectability doesn't really mean what people tend to think that it means. Uh And so when you say something that is outside of their experience, they assume that, oh, well, that's kind of a white thing when it's like, well, black people do things. And I know that sounds very simple. It's like they have a lot of people have not been around enough of a diversity of black and brown folks that they don't understand that black and brown folks literally do everything. Yeah. And I've like the people who taught me how to do martial arts, they were black. The people who taught me how to play tennis, they were black. The people who showed me comic books, like my cousin was a crackhead and she used to bring me comic books from up the street. Right. But in their mind, 
even though they're black or brown themselves, they only have an idea of what black people look like and what they do and think about. Yeah. And so it's like, we well, grew up in the hood. It's like, yeah, we read books. We do there's things. a lot. Li- yeah. There's a library. Like we, you know, people had, you know, like black people do it's other than go to church. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we do things. And so people who have not, in my opinion, been around a large number of black people, people mm-hmm. in a diverse type of ways they tend to think well you're atheist that must be white it's like no black people can come to conclusions on their own yeah they don't need to read a white book to come up with an idea like they don't yeah. get it I, I never understand that concept because what do you think black people a lot of black people were before they got here they, they didn't, didn't believe, believe in jesus there was no there was <laughs> no concept of jesus or whatever right when black people came here so the idea that you become atheist is not a revolutionary mm-hmm. idea because I mean, black people have have had different belief systems before, uh-huh. so they're returning to those, mm-hmm. or they're you know they're changing the ideas. And for me, a lot of I think the rise in ag agnosticism, yeah, there we go, agnosticism and atheism is an enlightenment because as we become more technologically advanced, there's no reason to put as much faith in religion because you can. F- you can see how things are proved, right? Proven, or you have proof of it's not an anomaly for for lightning and thunder to occur, right? You understand why it happens, and it's not okay. The gods clapped, mm-hmm. yeah. And just to play like as a, I guess, devil's advocate, like in my situation, it kind of was white people who kind of opened my mind to it, mm-hmm. just because I grew up in the church, you know, around other God fearing people mm-hmm. who only spoke about religion and religion was supposed to be like the thing that you did because God told you to. So whenever I was able to grow and be on my own and actually be around other people, you know, me discovering my sexuality, just talking to friends, which most of my friends are white, you know, and Mm -hmm. they kind of shared those beliefs and experiences. I was able to think on my own outside of that bubble of the church, you know, so mm-hmm. not necessarily white people influenced me to white people kind of challenged my thinking mm-hmm. and, you know, that just kind of allowed me to just be a little bit more open to open to understanding, you know, what other things could or couldn't be. Mm-hmm. Learning so. about white people caused me to, to lose a lot of my religious beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> and also just, in, yeah. Well, I mean, I, what white people do learning. causes you to oh, question yeah. a lot oh. of things. So y'all... So y'all have started all these wars in the name of Christian values, but you don't maintain any of those values in your own life. Y'all are full of shit, and you're spouting mind control. Right. I don't have time for you. Well, bullshit. that's you know slavery. Well, I mean, well, see, here's, this is in this is the challenge of being someone in my position who is I like the term non-believer for myself because yeah. I think when you say non-believer, people are more apt to listen to what you have to say than if you say, "Oh, I'm an atheist." In their mind. Because you're, it's an extreme. Yeah, it's like I was about to say though, when they hear non-believer, they feel like they could probably change you back. Or yeah, you back or but that's the thing. It's like, it's like most people try. It's like no. It's like, and I don't, I don't mean to be real, but it's like, okay, listen, no, I have like too many degrees in this. There's literally nothing that you can say right. that's going to magically like change my mind. Yeah, like I've been through the gamut of, of this. But for me, what the challenge is. Yes, I'm a non-believer, but I also understand religion, not just in a, well, I go to church every Sunday kind of way, but right. like in a religion as a human phenomenon type of thing. And mm-hmm. that I'll call it, to be simple, the religious impulse. All of us do that. 
you see it at church on Sunday morning in the synagogue and the mosque. You also see it at the concert when everybody is excited and falling out over Michael Jackson. You also see it and yeah. the, the we know politicians. You see it the the religious impulse that thing that whatever it is that humans do is something that we uniquely do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though you may not believe in God, like that's theism, you may not believe in supernatural powers. Right. And religion and theism are not the same. And I think that's something that people, we can come back to that, but that's something that those aren't the same thing. We often see them together, yeah. but you can be one and not the other. Yeah. But I just think that for many people, um, they think, oh, like, I, I still think I'm very religious um, in a lot of things that I do with ritual and things like that. Even I dare I say even spiritual in my understanding of what that is. Yeah. Not it's not, you know, the way other people still would conceptualize it, but for me it's still being spiritual. But oh, like praying to God or whatever. No. At the same time, because I understand religion, particularly black religion, I low-key defend it from not because I agree with it. I defend it from things that are like anti-black, like, oh my God, y'all black people are stupid. Yeah. Oh okay. my God. Or even the idea that, oh, all every, we've been brainwashed from slavery, which yeah. is something that people tend to say, but because they don't understand, they don't know the religious history of how American slaves became Christians. They say that, oh, well, slave masters brainwashed us. And it's like, right. actually, that's not really how it See, happens. that's what I've always heard and like always related Christianity to, well, not always related, but like that's just one thing that I've thought about because when you think about it, Christianity came from, well, I don't know if this is true or not. This is me speaking off the cuff. But what I was told is Christianity came from the white man to, you know, keep slaves at bay and no, all that good stuff. It so. was a way for them to justi- justify. It was a way that they used to justify slavery. They, I, I, this is the thing where it becomes complicated because there's grains of truth mm-hmm. in those ideas. But again, it's something that you would never know unless you actually went and like studied this in like read books and stuff. So it's right. not, you can be easily forgiven for not knowing. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's important to say that because I think it's about restoring for me is about restoring the agency of the enslaved in any type way possible uh-huh. um christianity one was n- the way that we think of christianity today is a very recent phenomenon even before even when slavery started christianity did not look or operate the way that we're thinking mm-hmm. and so we're th- i mean we're used to seeing people the contradictions but even what we are expecting from like Christian faith didn't really happen until the second great awakening. And by that time, the United States was already formed. We already had slavery forever. Slave masters by and large did not really want to Christianize their slaves. Okay. Um, Because for a number of reasons, the main one being their understanding of baptism is if I baptize you, then we're equals. And wow. so, yeah. so then, okay. and if we, and so you can, I'd make the argument that Christian theology changed to accommodate slavery, mm. that the whole pie in the sky thing, that if I, that your reward is in heaven, that that mm. got really solidified because of slavery. Yeah. But I don't think that for us, slaves were literally in their minds, these are property. 
you're not going to, well, some white people do take their dogs to church. So to get blessed. <laughs> so I love dogs, but I'm not doing all that, but you're not going to give these to them. They were property. Yeah. And when they tried to give them Christianity, the, the slaves resisted. Like Christian said, these folks had their own beliefs, their own, there were Muslims and indigenous religions on, right. on those yep. boats and they held on to those. they, they did not want the religion of their the white man's religion. Yeah, they understood themselves to be ca- held captive, and they yeah. did not want their stuff. The way that Christianity was for much of the time was like a very bookish religion. Like you had to read and think, and it was emotionally cold. And African spirituality overall, across the board, just was not like that. It just it, it was very incompatible with their experience, their understanding of themselves, their understanding of the world. And so Christianity was incompatible with what, even though a lot of the, the slaves had different languages and beliefs and understandings, the mm-hmm. one common thread through all of them made it incompatible with what Christianity was. And so the slave masters didn't really want to to Christianize them. To open, basically open their arms and bring them into, well, you know. I mean, and even if their... they, even when they tried the enslaved, Resist it. They're like, we don't want it. No, thank you. Um, that so, was their way of resisting. So where did this big like turnover happen then, I guess? So what happened is around the Second Great Awakening, and what you have is Christianity starts to change and become more like what we would recognize, mm-hmm. like the singing the hymns, the hand raising, the emotional pieces that would look more familiar to us. Right. And... Um, so you had a number of things that began to happen all at once. One, you have you're you're several generations in now, and so a lot of the people, a lot of the slaves are further and further removed from, from being yeah. taken okay. from from Africa. Right. And so there's that piece. However, you also have Christianity changing. It's more expressive. People are singing. There, the white people are singing. Mm. The white people are dancing. It's starting to look more and more like what they do. Yeah. And so, and they start to become more egalitarian where it's like everybody is the same at the cross and they get treated, at least for the time, like equals. Yeah. And so then they start coming and they start experiencing their religious experience together. And so black people, the enslaved, they they choose to integrate like they choose to adopt, I think is better pieces of Christianity into their own spiritual practices. I would still argue that their idea of Christianity is like if we're talking about like Black Christianity, like in its pure form, uh, million degrees away. <laughs> I would argue that much of Black does that Christianity, exist? what, what was Black it? Christianity? Like, I would say in, yes, in its pure form, rather. Well, today, no. I mean, I mean, and to be honest, saying pure form is probably a bit of a misnomer when you're talking about religion. But the the Christianity, <laughs> even back then, the free blacks and the blacks that just came out of slavery, their idea of Christianity and practice was way different. Mm-hmm. And I think that if more black churches, and actually, we'll talk about how the term black church is kind of a eh, term. Um, if more black churches were like what we were in the hush harbors as opposed to now, mm-hmm. I think that it would be much better because I think that a large part of black church works in the gate black life, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, 
we can talk about nuances of that. I know it's not just totally bad, but it's, I think that the black church is romanticized in a way that's not helpful. I mean, I feel like a lot of people hold the black church in high regard just because of their experiences and this, you know, positive experiences that come along that people tend to relate or associate church with because they're like, oh, you know, my grandmother was sick and dying and, you know, we prayed for her and the church prayed for her and everything came through and God saved her. So, you know, the church has always been the community uniter. Mm -hmm. It's always been the center of the community and almost every community. The religious center is Mm -hmm. where people congregate, they meet. It's basically the basis of your community. Now that, I mean, people are moving away from that for a multitude of reasons. Uh, the the lack of evolution in messaging mm-hmm. in a lot of the churches, not just Christian churches, but in Jewish churches and, and the mosques, they're not adapting to the wor- the ways the ways of the world, and people are moving away because it's like you're being more restrictive on my life than you can keep faster than you can keep up with Mm -hmm. faster than you can interpret. And it doesn't fit the narrative of my life currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, that's important to note um, for, for that part alone is that it's people have, it's a mixed bag. Um, I I think, you know, like you, and I mean, I've had positive experiences there, so it's not like it's a total cut and dry. I think that when you start counting, if certain things matter to you, right. If, women matter to you if we you know women's rights how women are treated you know um equality like that matters to you if any lgbt issue at all matters to you and other things like even things like poverty and right. stuff like that um if the only i mean you take away issues of race and it's basically the republican party <laughs> and, and 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 that's just and it's the, i mean the main reason i mean if you think about it like black folks in particular, are very conservative um, in those ways. And the only, the only, this should tell you just how racist the Republican Party is because you would think that's a shoe-in. Yeah, you right. would really think that that was a shoe-in, but yep. they're just that racist that even the church is kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I mean, on all some, and I used to, I would get in trouble, particularly like when Trump got elected, because mm. it was just like, I hope that we all take the chance to kind of see that. You're saying Trump is awful, I want you to kind of stop and pause understand and think. <laughs> well, 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 understand why and think about take the, take his name off of it and think about how many things he's saying that you that yourself you have with. said. Yep, <laughs> it's like you're saying a lot of the same stuff as him. And so, if he's this awful, let's consider that maybe you shouldn't you're talk probably like awful him. too. Huh? It's like maybe the things that we're saying, you don't disagree with him as much as you think. You he just I. This is an aside. The package. Yeah, uh, yeah. People, uh, for a lot of people, the offense of Trump is their sensibilities. They think he's rude and grotesque and nasty. Right. Well, not that not they listening dis- to what yeah, he's they, saying. They don't. Dis- they, don't dis- they don't necessarily disagree with him as much as they like to say they think that he's gross. They're they're they're. It's like yeah. I mean, he is. You know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah know, I mean, he but... is gross. It's just that it's like yeah, he he's gross and it's yuck. But it's like you know, it's like oh, I don't. It's like like not. I like steak, but I don't like this steak. Right. <laughs> you type of thing. But yeah, I think that um, for me, it's always been challenging to maintain that balance because I think it's important to uphold and understand why people do religious things and why they believe in theism while at the same time critiquing it because um, because I think that's an important balance to keep because 
people do what they know. They do the best that they can. And right. so, you know, just to, I want, if people believe, I want them to believe in ways that help them, them and people they're connected to live happy, healthy, whole lives. How many people who, I guess, you know, go to college to study in theology or theism mm -hmm. actually uh, critique theology? Ooh, it depends. Um, so the world of divinity school and seminary, and those two aren't the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> wait, should I explain this since I said it? Should I explain that? Sure. Sure. Go so ahead. Do that. A seminary <laughs> is... Now, there are always exceptions to these rules. So put an asterisk by it. You'll find this most of the time, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. A seminary is usually an institution of higher learning that's sponsored by some denomination. And so let's say, you know... The, the Southern Baptists have a school to train their ministers and they have Southern Baptist seminary. And mm -hmm. usually if it's legit and we we'll put legit in scare quotes right now, mm -hmm. um, you can go there and get an accredited degree. You can, you know, take out student loans and get student funds to go. You come out with an actual legit master's degree and all of that. Um, a divinity school is usually the study of religion itself. Well, yes, However, it's attached to a research university. Mm -hmm. And so like Howard University mm -hmm. School of Divinity is a divinity school because it's attached to a research university. Okay. And so usually what you'll find at divinity schools is people are studying broader things, like Christian said. So like uh, Yale Divinity School, you know, you'll have Christian clergy go through there, but you're more likely to have, you know, you know, Muslim Classes on Islam, yeah. Yo, yo, it's more expansive. Where I say, when I like, I went to Howard University School of Divinity. I had world religions, all other things, whatever. I went to Wesley Theological Seminary. It was more focused around Christianity, particularly Methodism. But you still had a lot. It depends because Wesley was kind of like liberal-ish. Can't be too much because too many folks from all around come and they need that money too. But right. it had that liberal-ish bent. Um, so that's the main difference there. And so if you if I mean both are still drawing to people, but what I found is it depends on why you're there and depends on the people who are coming there. So if you are going to like Princeton Theological Seminary, you know. I mean, but see, that's the thing too, is like Princeton Theological Seminary will be probably an experience closer to mine at Howard without the black stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, but Princeton Theological, Princeton Theological Seminary is not attached to Princeton University. People right. don't know that. Um, it just has the name, but it's not. I mean, they're attached, but it's not one. Yeah. Not one. You, don't, you don't leave PTS with a Princeton Great. degree. At Howard, I have a Howard degree. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, it depends. When my experience at Divinity School, you had all types of people. I went to Divinity School at Howard at the time when same-sex marriage was a really big deal yeah. in D.C. and Maryland. And so it was always bombs over Baghdad in every class. And the professors and the students arguing and the professors arguing and people protesting in front of the school. And yeah. so you... Some people... Like I say, it depends on the people who were there because sometimes you have, particularly at Howard, what you have is a lot of older folks, mm -hmm. older black folks in the in in the, in the area, who are now moving to preparing for their second career. 
you know, they're trying their, you know, they got their GS level stacked up. They got their pension locked up. Right. And they got their all oh, whatever locked up. And now it's like, well, now it's time to go work for the Lord. They were, oh, and so okay. now they have they they go to school and they do all of that. And so they're doing it, particularly at Howard, they're doing it because you know, the time that I was there, a lot of people who were considered the greats were there. Like Howard, uh, Kane Holt Felder, who just passed away mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, um, who was my professor, who was a big, big deal. I'm talking about people who were like giants in their field. Right. There are people who were there. And if and to say that you went and studied with these people was is a big deal in the black clergy world in this area. And so a lot of people went there just to say that they went, but they didn't necessarily internalize what they learned there. You know, it's just like, oh, I went, but, you know, what I learned here, they didn't necessarily change their mind because they have the idea that just because I learned something just has to impact my personal thing. Right, yeah. And so you would get some people who were, some people who were willing to listen and grow and change. But in my experience, in my time there, the amount of people who did that I mean, just to be this is this is probably rude, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying like to be rude, but I'm being nobody. honest. <laughs> I, I think of the people who I graduated with and the numbers of people who popped up to my mind. If you heard them preach, you wouldn't know that they went. Oh. You wouldn't know that they went to school. You wouldn't know this. They sound like any old body. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it doesn't mean like you, you it's like you did it sound like anybody TBN preacher and to sound like they just went it, more so they went for the degree for the, the paper and not so much just to have it. Well, yeah. is for depending on what denomination you are, you have to go. Like when I was um, AME, African-American Episcopal, you got to go to seminary. You got to go get like a legit degree to go. And so you have to. That's what you do. You know what I mean? Like you got to go. I always thought you could just start your own churches just to start your own church. I mean, you can. To be part of the, the overall arching organization, you kind of have to go. Uh, it, it, it you have to be certified yeah. in whatever they're... Yeah. It depends. Like, you could just go today and start church if you wanted to, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about going through proper... Ch- not If you if you want to, like, be an AME preacher, mm-hmm. you got to go through their process. See, I'm going to do what Kanye did and just, you know... Don't do what Kanye did. <laughs> I mean, you can do what Kanye did. I, mean, you, I wouldn't do it like Kanye's doing it, but yes. the, the, uh, You know what the thing about Kanye that's interesting... I think it's very interesting that, well, one, I'm offended that he was at Howard, but I was going to add, that was going to be a follow-up question. I have unpopular opinions about that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's not unpopular. This is the place that you can share it um, because guess I, what? Me and Christian both are like, <laughs> I, Kanye, I think the fact that you see other prominent black male preachers also just, it just kind of, I have to pause for a second to say one thing so that way what I'm about to say makes sense. Okay. The reason why I usually don't say black church is because it's always been a complicated term in the scholarly world because black churches are are different in a variety of ways. Like yeah. there is there was never a singular black like imagine like black Greek life. There was never just one black Greek letter organization. It was they all started at various spots and locations for different reasons. There was the one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there one that started. There's one that started first, yeah. But it's like they they started in different spots and locations, and they all have different focuses. And their mm-hmm. governance is different, and their intakes are different. Like yep. it's they they all their similarities. Because they're dealing with similar situations. Right. But you can't say that, well, this one, I mean, one may have broken off from this one, started that one, whatever, but they, 
to say that it's all just black Greek life, yeah, it's things that are the same, but it would the, the biggest common denominator is the 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 majority of the membership is black. Yeah. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of what the I mean, the similarities lie in the basics, but not in the nuance. Yeah, and there's a lot more nuance that I think gets glossed over, and that's important. And so for me, like, even and there are things that are generally true about Black churches, plural, and I say it that way because there are some that are doing their best. I happen to know a decent amount of people. I probably know more than most in terms of, like, Black clergy who are really trying to do their best right. and trying to do what they can. I think the problem is is that for all those that I know, that's still a drop in the bucket, <laughs> um, you know. Like, but that there are black pastors and preachers who are trying to do right, trying to have more inclusive theology, who are trying to, to who are who people who dot the right eyes and cross the right t's and things that will matter to more progressive folks. There are yeah. people who really are trying. Yeah. Um, with that said, there, there's more that people realize. But it's nowhere near as many as people would like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I guess there's more. I don't know. I, I, because every time I think about church, I think about at home. Like mm-hmm. I'm from rural, like bumfuck mm-hmm. North Carolina. Okay, I was so, born there. So huh? I was born in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So you know, just being there, mm-hmm. I, I. I my mind goes back to the things that they preach about and they don't preach about things that I necessarily care for mm-hmm. or what I feel like is important. They focus on the wrong things mm-hmm. per se. In my opinion, obviously like it's right to other people and, and maybe them, but I feel like while we do have those well-intentioned or, or not well-intentioned, I guess, cause some well-meaning. preachers actually huh? well-meaning, mm-hmm. well-meaning uh, preachers that are actually out there preaching about things that actually matter mm-hmm. and actually change things about society. We have a big, like huge, yep. you know, yep. amount of preachers mm-hmm. that are still stuck on the old ways yep. and kind of, and it doesn't, I think that that's my constant argument with the people who I know who are doing differently. Like, and also the, the reality is it's because I went to like prestigious theological schools and schools in general that I know these people, if you just stroll in everyday life, you don't know these folks, like unless you just happen to be there. Um, and so I think that's the issue is that it's, they exist. And that's why I say black churches to say, okay, look, everybody's not the same, but much of what black church experience has been, has evolved a lot of sexism and homophobia and classism and all types of stuff. That's just that I think that we aren't honest enough about, because I think that, and I think it's like, like this, like the microcosm of black folks, on Twitter as opposed to the real world. I think people confuse Twitter is a very, very left-leaning place as opposed to the real world where it's like, no, you have to actually explain what pronouns are to people right. outside of Twitter. Yep. And so <laughs> like life is much more like the comment section than, than, than your Twitter. Yes. Um, oh my than, God. Than and you, never, you never want to be there. Yeah. Never. the Yeah. Life is much more like the comments, the comment section. Um, and I think that's something people don't realize, but um, I said that to, to make a, I forgot. Whatever. I don't, I don't know what the point is. <laughs> that actually happens a lot on here. It's, so. <laughs> so I'm in good company? Okay, great. Oh, yeah. N- normal company. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, it's, it's nuanced to Black church. And I think, like, to what Christian is saying, it matters because people need its security. It's people for take, take God away for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where, I wish. you know, like, like let's just think, like, let's, let's, you, 
No, let, let's put God to the side. Let's put him, put, put, put him, put, put it over here away mm-hmm. and just imagine living a world that is basically everywhere you look, everything is against you. You don't get respected. You don't get your time and everything. Church is the one place where you go. You get to meet people who look like you, who talk like you, who sound like you. You don't get, you, you're, you get to be a 45 year old man. You get called deacon, brother, pastor, whatever. You get treated with the respect. You get to control your own affairs. That's why they stay there so long. Right. <laughs> you know, you think about it, this is the place we get to actually be a fully realized person, even in those confines, when the rest of the world isn't they like show that. You that respect. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you get to be around your own folks. You, get, you don't have to code switch. You get to kind of be black there and so that's the other extra layer as to why black people hold on to church so much and then they oppress others no i'm just well i mean it's (laughs) well i mean it's true it's it's, it's complicated but i think it's important to understand that because it's like this isn't yes is bad yes is wrong but think about like when when i'm on other podcasts and usually the people are predominantly white and they're like people who've left religion whatever and what i say is that it's different like think about it like we literally can't go to starbucks right to be safe. We live like, let's say white person Joe says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of church. I'm an atheist now. I'm going to leave. Sure. That has its own level of it's hard. It's traumatic. It's tough. Not going to mention that at all. But you have space spaces to go to. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You can, you have, you can do yoga. You can do Kabbalah. You can go to, you, you know, you can go to yoga and not be criticized for what you're wearing. You can sit in Starbucks and type and no one's going to call the police on you. Right. When a black person or a person, honestly, just in, in marginalized, in, in religious communities and marginalized communities, period. Mm. When you leave that, it's not just you're leaving religion. You're leaving one of the few covers of safety that exist. Yeah. Because you can't go. Rhonda can't go to yoga without being criticized for how she looks what she wears, her hair. Um, you know, You're Raymond right. can't go to Starbucks and just sit there and type with his computer. Kabbalah. He can't stand, in, he can't stand in, the, in the middle of a hotel making a phone call with his mother without the police mm-hmm. being called. Or he can't go to Kabbalah. Like, like, let's say even here in this area, like, you know, because, I mean, I'm, I don't have money. But I'm I live near people who have money. Right. <laughs> who live across who live behind the mall, like they have money. They do stuff like Zen and Buddhist meditation and all that. That's not a, it's not an issue that black people don't do that stuff. It's like, well, look where I live. That's why it's here. Yeah. And so it's and even when you go, I'm like I went to a Zen retreat last month. I was the only No, it was a black woman there. There's a lot of black women Buddhists. That's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But there, I was the only black dude black there. black women be knowing. Yeah. They, but see, but that's the other part. If you understand how black folks were religious, particularly down south, it wasn't strange for, you know, Nana to go to church in the morning and then do her roots in the afternoon. Right. That wasn't weird. It only, like, I have, I have a hypothesis mm-hmm. behind why that is. Of course I do. But the way that black religion came to be and how it was back in the day closer to those times it wasn't like what a lot of folks do like like the founder of um the kojic church there's a picture that so every time is every time the kojic conference happens and they get on facebook and started saying all types of stuff and someone pulls out the picture of their founder with all types of like magical I don't know the word for it. Yeah, paraphernalia. 
he it was stuff to do roots like bright tree branches and dirt and limbs and bone this is like doing roots like what we would consider voodoo not in the yeah. negative sense i yeah. know he would use voodoo as negative but like it that, that's black people magic belief religion type stuff and he yeah. was doing it and the Kojic folks now they'd be like oh my god that's not holy but your founder literally mm-hmm. was seer mixing dirt and roots together to cast whatever that's part of our heritage yeah um and it I wasn't heard any, that term in so long but no, it wasn't i know roots oh <laughs> but my 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 thought is that particularly after integration is that when black church started to really become very white mm. Um, because the idea was that, well, slavery, oh, slavery, that racism's over, we can, we made it. And then the, like, that is, if I was still in school, that would be what I would research talk about. I think that after in- integration is what really ramped up the idea of integration and then the black, in response to the black power movement. Do you think you that, know? that the integration caused the, the increase in conservatism within the black church diaspora um the black church has always been socially conservative i think that's the point that is difficult for people because race is such a ever-present issue in black people's lives we see that piece Mm. right but again if you couldn't in your mind move that away literally every other aspect very socially conservative yeah no abortion no sex before marriage no queer people. If you're poor, it's your fault. Um, all these things are stuff that black but most churches, of that comes know. from. I, most of those ideas, I've, I would learn, or I would hear coming from the church, not yeah. necessarily outside of church, mm-hmm. because my parents were never telling me anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was only those are the messages that I would hear at church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah. in in a lot of. I think in general, most religions are very conservative because they preach temperance. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's extreme moderation mm-hmm. to the point of detriment almost. Well, yeah. well, I think with black people, again, here's the, the, the nuance piece. Um, there's a, there's a really good book. If anyone's very in- interested in this to read called, um, Oh my gosh. Why can't I remember it? It's written by Kelly Brown Douglas, um, mm-hmm. sexuality in the black church. Um, she taught at Howard right before she left, right before I got there. But it was a big deal book. Everybody, it was, if you're into and want to learn about why Black people adopted the ideas around sexuality and conservative norms that we have, it's a really good book to start reading. And so, for a lot of our history, Black folks were like, "Look, we got to behave." And it wasn't just as I think some people, the way they characterize it now, is like, "Oh, y'all are being punks and whatever for account of what mm-hmm. people think." Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think so people. That's a way to survive. Yeah, I, I think that don't people don't really even in this moment where people are getting shot by the police left and right, where people don't realize it's like no, 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 no. It was a threat to go to the store with your kid. You were afraid of somebody or doing the wrong thing the wrong day and getting beat or hit or followed mm-hmm. home and something happening. Yep. And so I don't think people when they look back at those things they aren't quite getting the context. I just like yes, that was a really fucked up thing to think, but they thought it because it was either think this or risk getting yeah. killed. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that they don't miss, and so that that they miss rather, and that a lot of those things came from the reality that our we absorbed the idea that white people thought that our sexuality was problematic, you know, and that the way we expressed ourselves with our bodies and our voices and our customs were problematic, and so we said, oh, if we it's let's make them feel safe around us, and so we adopted those ideas, ideas that 
I mean, let's say even, the, even let, let's say like sex and children. The reason why we have the fictive concept now, oh, that's my play cousin, whatever, is because those same lines didn't exist for us. And so, mm-hmm. if one person in the, if you know, one person had a kid, everybody had a kid. Israel um, community, yeah. And so, but for white people, for Europeans, that didn't happen. Your kid was your kid, and that's it. But you know, a lot of I think it also because of slavery. I think black people have a different mentality because mm-hmm. when someone had a child, it was the community's child because you mm-hmm. never know when you were going to be able, yeah. you never knew if your children were going to have yeah. their parents or the, right. when your parents are going to be sold yeah. away. And so, you, so yeah, you get everybody's raising your child because mm-hmm. that is what has to happen. Yeah. It's, but see, but that, that's a different, like culturally, it's a different mindset. And that was looked at as, as things began to change, those types of things that were more culturally black kind of get smoothed over, mm-hmm. particularly as you move. And then particularly we were fast forward, like to integration, those things. Well, racism isn't an issue. I mean, also again, I mean, in hindsight, it's like, okay, haha, of course that was incorrect. But imagine being there in the time when all these massive changes happened. You could, it's easy to see it. Somebody could be like, oh, well, things are going to now change for the better. Like the eighties didn't happen yet. You right. know what I mean? And so everybody's getting government jobs Everybody, you know, the the metro's getting built, you know what I mean, and you see, like, all these things are happening. You could understand why somebody would think that, okay, we turned a corner and it's not going to, it's only going to get better from here. But I think that, I mean, that, I mean, people, not to, folks like Bill Cosby, right? They come from somewhere. And that type of stuff was, is in our cultural experience, it's been there for better or for worse. I think that ultimately sometimes we aren't honest about it. And that's why, I mean, I have a longer story because I was involved in like a lot of LGBT inclusion stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that our love for the institutions of the black church often are what holds people back from making substantial change because they simply want to be involved in the church without realizing that you actually have to change certain things for it to be it's like they just want to like, yes, have women preachers, right. have gay preachers. That's great. But if I turn on the radio and I listen to your you preach and what you're saying is just is anti woman, anti gay, anti. I mean, even with gay churches, even some gay churches here in DC, they're a mess in terms of what they're preaching <laughs> from the pulpit. That's what and, they... and people will be like, oh well, they're queer, so it's fine. It's like, well, I don't give me the old crotchety white man who's talking about <laughs> who will use their pronouns, not shame people for having sex, not shame people for being on the apps, mm-hmm. and actually talks about poverty in ways that are actually correct. Then somebody it's like, well, well, I mean, I get it. People love to see themselves. I do too. Right. But it doesn't, I mean, I have a, you have to, that's a whole nother. You have to do it with, but is it at the detriment of what your belief system is to follow the person that looks like you? Is it worth following that person? And I, and I, I feel like that same kind of argument is used when it comes to like black people at the democratic party Mm -hmm. or black people in politics. It's, Mm -hmm. is it, are you, are you following Bonley because it's somebody who looks like you or is it really because the message speaks to you? It's right. a strategy of Dom. I mean, I have to get, sorry, use the piece of the PhD that I have. It's a strategy of dominant culture to adopt just enough of the lower rungs mm-hmm. to appease and to maintain power. 
So it's like if I have a million dollars and people are rattling, okay, I'm gonna give you a hundred. I'm gonna give a certain amount of you a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and that you, so that way you all are relaxed and and keep the rest of your folks at bay. Um, like I, I'm I'm not interested in and I, did, I guess that this makes me a little more on the radical even even before I left Christianity, um, which we can even talk about too. I think um, I was more on the radical edge, and I was like seeing a, a queer black queer couple and i have friends who are like in a situation like it's it doesn't really do me i'm not excited oh look it's me and it's up here with my husband it's like so people have been, exactly people have been having sex lots of sex in church right. forever and so i'm not exactly moved by seeing that i'm yeah. more moved by the things that you're saying and yeah. i know a number of I won't say names <laughs> but I, I know a number of queer pastors even who like they they do all types of stuff and the things that they do and that they the way they live their own personal lives there's nothing ethically wrong with it it's just that they won't preach it to their congregation they won't right. um, they won't allow their congregation to experience the same types of personal freedoms that they do like they they'll still preach a way like oh sex before marriage you need to wait and right. they still preach a conservative ish message but they themselves they don't they do they don't then do they're like oh well you know the people aren't ready it takes time and so it's queerness itself does not automatically mean people are going to be free right i when i tell people a lot of the reason why i don't go to church anymore i don't really care to even explore going back to church is because mostly the whole you know i finding out well not finding out but like embracing the whole gay thing mm-hmm. and just being who i am and they're like well you know there's churches out there that are gay friendly and i'm like but i still don't believe in the whole aspect of christianity as a whole like i don't want even though the preacher's gay like you're saying i'm still not going to believe in christianity as a whole so why do why would i waste my time so you know are you do you just not believe in christianity or you just don't believe in anything Right now, is I don't believe in anything. Um, I don't really care for religion in a sense of it totally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I haven't. Well, I haven't really explored any other religions, but I don't think I like the concept of religion as a whole. So I'm just is like, it, is it you don't like religion or you don't like the the way that humanity interprets religion? I would have to say, like, do you do you is it the is it more like you have a there's a spiritual practice that you would do you would practice alone, or is it the fact that people together when they get together and have the same beliefs? So I'm biased. Okay. With Christianity, the whole you know people come together with those beliefs. They I have that one view towards Christianity mm-hmm. specifically, and it mm-hmm. turned me off to religion as a whole. Okay, I would say mm-hmm. that. I mean, but I think that's why it's important to separate religion and theism because right. theism is, I mean, like people, like I said, Buddhists don't believe in a God, but that's a religion. Right. You know what I mean? And people do, like I said, that religious impulse that it's probably one of the things that makes us uniquely human is that religious impulse. You'll even see evidence like Neanderthals had beliefs like that, like they found graves. Yeah. And so it's something that religious impulse, the ritual impulse to commemorate, to understand, to 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 mark, to label different events and ideas and try to to make sense of what is happening right. in some type of way 
that is something that everybody does in one way or another, whether they believe in a God or not. And right. so I think that's for me, it's important to really make that like atheists go to funerals. Right. Even if it's a secular funeral, they go. Um, they'll celebrate a birthday. Right. They remember. These are things to help Parts. us yeah. remember. I mean, there's an argument about where the word religion comes from. Some say it comes from a word, Latin word that is like ligament. Like the, it, it comes from the root word of where we get ligaments. I mean, like ligaments are the thing, you know, they hold your, your bone. Yeah. I forgot. I should know they that. But the I, muscle to the, to the, to the bone. The bone. Yeah. I should know that. Scratch. That's a, no, it's going. Everything goes. But, um, but yeah, it's like part of his job. That's yeah, what he should know. Yeah, it. I should know it. But yeah, <laughs> I forgot it. But it's it binds people together. But the right. other meaning could be that to remember stuff, to come yeah. together and commemorate and do that. And so we all do that. And that's yep. why I think for me it's important to. I know people mean when they say religion, but I think for conversations like this, it's important to it's say more, is it is it theology? Yeah, it's like theism, right? And I mean, I have a theology, even though I don't believe people. Some people would disagree with me on that, but there's like, oh, you have to actually be a person of faith to have a theology. But no, I have a theology of God's absence. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the reality, the I think the most intellectually honest position to say you're agnostic because you can't prove if God exists or doesn't exist. Right. You know, you can't prove it either way. My decision is in the absence of evidence, I choose not to believe. Right. There's no reason for me to believe. I did believe very strongly at one point, but there is, when I, whatever is printed as evidence, like proof and evidence aren't the same thing. You can presume, you can produce evidence about anything. It doesn't mean that it's taken as proof. And I don't, bec- I'm agnostic because I know ultimately there could be something that I don't know. Right, There's a exactly. lot that we don't know, but there is nothing demonstrable that would lead me to place my faith in something. Yep. And so I don't. And so that's where the atheist piece comes in. Like technically I would say that I'm like an absurdist, but that's like the philosophical weeds. We don't got to Yeah. You're just getting so, all deep into yeah, it at that point. So I, guess, so I guess that all leads to like the specific question. What do you think led you to leave um, a number of things. I think the thing that's most intriguing is that when people ask me that, they assume that I went to some like super conservative church and it was like, oh, well, you found <laughs> like that you were gay and, and, you know, and you left because the Republicans were so evil. It's like, no, I actually, it was the Democrats and the progressives that ultimately pushed me, led me to like leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a long journey. I did not grow up in church. I grew up around church. So I think that already set me up in some ways. Mm-hmm. I was still very much enmeshed in those ideas, mm-hmm. but I wasn't thoroughly soaked in a lot of ways that other people were. So it made it easier to walk away. Um, I, what a number of things led me to leave. I think I really started my migration away. um, When I realized that my efforts for LGBTQ inclusion would likely not see fruition. Mm -hmm. And that it, and that I saw the way that, a lot of progressive folks mm-hmm. just, it just wasn't it. Um, and so that was just kind of, there was some disillusionment there. Be, and it was beyond just what people aren't perfect because no one's perfect, right? But it was just the things that I saw and experienced just kind of like, mm, what's the point of this? I think also what really happened is I began to allow questions to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
what I began to say is like, you know, I, I was a very observant, critical thinker. And so I could never avoid the questions that came up to myself. And so it's like, you know, we keep praying, working. Where is God? Where is God in all of this? Things are getting worse. Um, and the ways that um, people hold up, you know, the civil rights movement, almost as if it were a religious, like there's some scholars who consider the civil rights movement a religious movement. And Civil Rights Act gutted, you know, Troy Davis killed, Trayvon Martin killed, all these things, it seemed to be getting worse. And so it was like, well, where is God in all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, why isn't, you know, there's no, black women, I believe, still are the most religious group in the United States. God's that not, God's I not, not understand. God isn't listening to them. God isn't listening. You know, Hillary Clinton, they all loved Hillary. She didn't, she didn't win. Like all these questions started coming together and I allowed them to stay there. And then I read a book called Is God a White Racist by William Jones, mm-hmm. black guy who, um, if people don't know, um, it was a contemporary of James Cone. He was like the, the, the people consider him the, the father of black theology. And he was a contemporary of William Jones and he critiqued black theology, mm-hmm. basically saying that the premise of black theology that James Cone never actually proved the, the premise of black theology right. And rather, theology and, and, and events prove that if God is real, then God actually likes white people more. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if God is real, like the assumption that God is ultimate, like black theology starts with the assumption that God is black and on our side, right? Well, he's like, well, if God is black and on our side, what's the point of that if we're still suffering? And two, there's more evidence that God is against us. Yep. Or at the very least, absent and not paying attention. And so... <laughs> I mean, we could look at the White House right now and Yeah, and you know what I mean? That, like, you know, like, white people's shit. prayers keep getting answered. Right. You know, in a lot of ways. Especially and, racist white people. Yeah, it's like they, like they keep getting what they want. And if it's simply that... But I think that's the uh, the underlying. This is the part that's hard for people. This is really hard. Much of Black faith, particularly Black Christianity, is about survival, not about thriving. It's about surviving. It's about getting to the next day. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to shame any 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 of it, but it wasn't the idea was let's get to tomorrow, let's sustain ourselves to yep. another day. It wasn't meant to overcome and triumph, like. You know, it doesn't mean that there weren't some bubbles here and there, but by and large, particularly now, it's about getting to the next day. And I think those types of things started to say, well, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then my love for black and brown folks, well, where is God? Where What's yeah. happening? Um, and I think those things ultimately, but finally, when I realized that my journey with and deeper into Christianity was the result of like personal and familial trauma mm. that I wasn't really given the, like I didn't, I was not forced to go to church, right? but I had a, I had a rough childhood, not in the like, Oh, well, you know, mom was a crackhead and all that, but like I had a, 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 a very difficult childhood in a different way. Mm. Right. And so I was always told like, you know, school was awful. 
Um, and many times home was awful too, but you know, with black folks, it's like, oh, well, you have two parents, so everything is fine. Everything's the best. Yeah, it's fine. And you know, you, you, you and your sister, you, you have, you know, you have two parents and your dad is your actual dad. And right. so y'all are winning. That's, right. you know, you, you, if you have a two parent household, then literally the asteroid, the killer dinosaurs can come back and it still wouldn't matter because you, you died with two parents. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, yeah. you are right. But, it's funny, man. Um, go ahead. I didn't. But, I want to um, interrupt. But. What happened is I realized that, and again, I don't blame. This was wrong, but I understand where the people come from. There are people. There are people in my life who, in a way, to deal with the trauma that I was experiencing, said that this idea that people who are special and chosen by God, go through rough things. See, and oh, and so oh, that's kind of what was given I, to me. Yeah. And so that I had this destiny and I'm special. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, no one actually dealt with the shit that was happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what was given to me. And I realized that I that kind of set the course of my life toward eventually I'm going to be this preacher guy. That yeah. it was inevitable. It's just a matter of time. And so no one forced me. But that primed me. And when I realized that that was the thing that made me do all the things that I did, that that animated me, I decided then to make a decision and kind of live to see what would happen if I lived the way that I wanted to live for me. And so that was the final break right there. I, um, that whole spiel right there just explained another reason why I kind of let go of Christianity as a religion, just because a lot of mental, like mentally, what's the word I'm looking for? Mental or detrimental mental type of Mm -hmm. issues, like caused me to kind of go into a state of depression because Mm -hmm. like you said, everybody's like, you know, you go through trials and tribulations. That's just normal. You know, yeah, it's a test. And I'm just sitting here like (laughs) my brain can't, can't, process this right now like mm-hmm. i don't understand what's going on so that was a part of it too why does god hate me so much mm-hmm. for this you know yeah, why does god hate me all the other things and i just lots of therapy lots of healing lots mm-hmm. of things just got me like the more of a healed person i became and the more I, and also this was much earlier but the more i understood love there is a scripture where jesus says you know if you being evil give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father be good to you and so i said let's test that my parents and all their imperfections treat me better than god does so what's the point right Um, my parents would not poison me make me sick or allow me to be injured and say i let it happen to you so you'll learn to trust me better. We'd lock them up. We'd call CPS, right. you know, but God, we let God get away with that yep. all the time. Yep. Um, and so when those things began to come apart for me, um, it it happened so quickly because I was probably almost there anyway. There are a lot of unbelieving preachers who just do it because they don't know what else to do. Right. And again, I'm going to give some secrets. <laughs> yeah, share. For a lot <laughs> of... And I don't say this to be rude. I say this because I've seen this to be true. And I've experienced it in my own life. For a lot of Black preachers, particularly the men, not the women so much, but the women have to over overperform to be noticed. So usually mm-hmm. they're super qualified. Yeah. But for a lot of preachers, male preachers in particular, this is their one chance to be someone of note. And it's the only thing they know how to do. 
Like if you remove their church, they can't do anything. Mm -hmm. They're not exceptional. They're not noteworthy. They are typical. They're average. They are the boring Nikes that you see in Target. Like the dad shoes. The, the, like, the like, like, yeah, like the, they are the air dads. They're the airwalks. Yeah, yeah they're, the air, they're the airwalks. And I don't mean them. I don't mean that as them as individual people, but just in terms of things that we uphold in society, mm-hmm. they don't they don't cut it per se. And so they hold on to these things, even if they don't believe, even if they live lives that don't match what they're saying. This is their one shot to be somebody. Right. They're one shot to be noteworthy. They're one shot to be, this is where they matter. And that's why they don't want things to change. Because if things change, then they don't matter. Because a lot of the women, they preach this as good, if not better. Or you have someone like me. Um, when I really began to preach, um, people, there are plenty of people who enjoyed it and appreciated it, but there are other people who were bothered. Mm. Because I did not preach in like they did. I did not believe the things that they did. And they saw me as competition. And particularly when I, you know, came out and I was, you know, the gay preacher, it, it intensified. Mm. Because it's like, well, if more people, like, it's that thing where, you know, the whole you got to be twice as good to get half as much. Yep. It's very true. And it's true, yes, for black and brown folks, but also if you are some type of marginalized identity. And so when it was known that I was the gay dude, I had to work twice as hard yep. to get half recognition. And Probably in, a, in addition to working twice as hard as a black yeah, man. Yeah, like so, you, you, know. you have to do, even at Howard, I had to work much harder to get the same type of stuff. That's eventually, that contributed to me bombing out eventually. I just couldn't handle it anymore. But, I mean, for my PhD, not divinity school, but when I was doing my PhD there, I just, the, that and other things compounded and I just couldn't finish right but it's like you have to go above and beyond to prove yourself and to prove what you're saying so you have to get good like you work so hard to get good and you damage yourself but ultimately in your periods of being healthy you're better than everybody else yep because you had to work so hard just to get noticed but nobody cares Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that's what happens such is life unfortunately but yeah that's why i left i I, it's, it's more, it's difficult, but the the difficult thing is not with myself, it's with other people. Mm. I have lost a lot of friends. Um, I have, I'm, I'm, but me, I'm, the thing is, I still have a lot of clergy friends that matter a lot. Um, and I've lost lots of friends at lots of stages, but also for me, um, people, even very progressive folks like there's christians who are way more you know i guess like a better word wild than me i'm not really very wild at all christian will tell you <laughs> like i'm not i'm very tame i'm the i'm the dog in the corner you know with Chilling the bone. Out, watching everybody yeah just, just watching me. everybody that's me um but even for them i make them uncomfortable because i don't adhere to those like spiritual ideals that way that they do it or to god or to pray mm-hmm. i'm I'm often find that things that I say make them uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I right. like tug at those ideas. Like what if God isn't there and you're talking to yourself? But you know what? I think a lot of people don't know how to, they, they are not taught how to be challenged and how to respond mm-hmm. when they don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. It is, Oh, you're attacking me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just trying to understand. Like I always, I often have to deal with, uh, people thinking that I'm trying to be mean to them because I'm, I'm asking them 
specific questions about the topic that they bring up. If you have an opinion with me, especially, you should be prepared to argue it because mm-hmm. if you can't defend your argument, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have any faith in you mm-hmm. in anything that you say. Because most people don't know how to do that. And you <laughs> might as well just be honest and just be like, "That's why I was taught. That's how I was taught, or, or that's just that, all that, I that, know. That's how or, I feel. Like, yeah, that's that, just that, how that I feel. Like, just do answer. that. Don't even like funk, fake the funk. Mm-hmm. You know, just well, most people. This this, and I saw somebody this the other day. Most people do not realize particularly people who typical folks and i don't mean typical in a negative way i just mean like typical standard whatever yeah they don't realize that when they are saying an argument they're actually saying how they feel not how they think and it's not that feelings are wrong yeah it's just that they confuse the two when saying this is how i feel about it and why i feel that is valid that is fine i may disagree with you but that's how feelings are what they are it's an opinion versus a fact yeah it's like they don't people think that because they have an opinion it is a fact no 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 yeah it's like every opinion is bad no it's two plus two is four uh, it's like mm. i but see people don't i feel like what... detrimental opinions aren't valid like opinions in general sure but if you're spreading like terrible misinformation but, it, but the thing without... is that's their belief it's mm-hmm. not a thing it's it's i think it's more the fact that if your opinion is wrong and you can defend it i have more respect for you mm-hmm. Rather than you mm-hmm. just spouting an opinion with nothing to back it up, right? Most people collect facts, or most people collect ideas and stories that match the ones that they already have. The narrative, inside, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also again why talk even getting back to the church stuff. It's like it's very hard for people. They don't. Like I had a friend, a crazy friend, a good friend of mine, and he was asking me a question. He was like, "So I just have a question for you. How do things like?" do things matter to you anymore? I guess it was something. And I was just kind of like, I was kind of like, really? And he, I was like, yeah, like, you know, how are things, like, is there any wonder in your life anymore now you don't believe? And I'm like, have you ever seen the stars in the sky? Right. And I was like, do you know how far away they are right. and how big they are? And like the fact that I'm looking at a star, it might not even be there anymore. Right. Because it's like, it's a, you know, like these things are wonderful to me. And I said, my question to you is, why does something matter only if you think somebody made it? Can't it right. just be beautiful because it's there? Just because, like, yeah, it's like flowers know. are beautiful whether or not someone it. made it. Like, yeah. I just, I don't have to plant a flower to find it beautiful, right? Like, it's pretty. Like, have you ever seen a dinosaur bone? Like, look at that thing or a whale. Like, or just the, what? Look what our bodies can do. Like, my that's, question, you know, my my response to that would be like, so why is it that your wonder only comes? from the belief that someone else made it like that mm-hmm. this one entity made everything. How do you, yeah. how do you have a wonder if that's what your belief system is? Because if you, mm. you know, all the answers already because he made, or yes. in most people, they think he's mm-hmm. he a white made, man. He made it all. But I think that's the thing though. But this is the part that I understand. I think is that religion gets people answers. If you take away that re- existence can be frightening. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Because you don't, there's nothing, it's like, why am I, like, think about it. Why am I me? Why am I here? Yep. I didn't even ask to be here. The only, I see other people, I only see myself when I look in the mirror. What is going, like, life is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without, like, Christianity and other faiths, they give you answers. Yep. It gives, this is why things are the way they are. This is why things happen. This is who you are. This is what it means. And it gives people answers. It gives people a framework to understand the, having you know, to do the work. 
but that's the thing is like the work is hard work to do. So I understand how people don't do it, but I think that if more people did more of the work, then they'd be in a better place. Like if somebody still believes I'm not like, I'm not one of who's like, oh, let me go stamp out belief everywhere. Right. I, as someone who doesn't believe, I want churches to have better theology. Because it, it's not atheists who are getting rid of abortion <laughs> and doing right. all this stuff. Like, oh I'm, my God. Like, I want, Ugh. you know, I want, Ugh. I want a world where faith, where belief and non-belief can exist in healthy ways and create a better world for everybody. But, yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I left organized religion is because people like to use their religion as a justification yep. for the horrible things that they do. Oh, um, I'm, be- I'm acting on behalf of God, but your okay. belief in God isn't, is at the detriment of my life. And, and I don't understand right. how you, as if you have these values that you say that you do, why is my life any less valuable than yours? Right. Why do you feel like you can take away my ability to live because you are uncomfortable. I just, I feel like I just want to be like, okay, that's your God, not my God. You know, and, my, so. and that's the other thing is like, I don't, it's hard for me to get behind religion because no two people have the same belief. Right. Even if you grew up in the same church, listening to the same sermons every Sunday or whatever your religious domination, the, however the, the word mm-hmm. is broken down to you, no two people are going to believe the same thing. They're going to have, they may have similar understandings, but they're not going to interpret it the same way. You're going to get a different message and it's going to be applied different because your experiences are different. So to me, when people are like, oh, it's hard for me to stand behind a religion because there's so many different interpretations that it's too hard to figure out where the the message is coming from. I mean, it gets even more, I mean, people join because of community. They feel connected there. It resonates with them. I think particularly talking about Christianity, it's interesting because like we're talking about earlier before we started recording, like when you understand what's actually like in something like the Bible, you just kind of laugh when people say and do certain things. It's like, oh, it's all sorts of things in there. Like even what you were saying about people not valuing your life. It is biblical precedent for, you know, the God of the Bible to be like, I only care about you and not them people. You can kill everybody else, but you're right. all special. Yep. And so it was like, when people say biblical they usually mean what I believe in that type of way. And it's like, well, there's biblical precedent for for that person who thinks that your life is less than because of whatever you are doing or the perceive that you're doing. Sure, there's biblical precedent. I can create a solid argument for almost anything. Like yeah. one of my favorite Psalms, I think it's one, is it one Psalm 139, whatever? It's beautiful. You know, God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and all this other beautiful stuff. And you get to where the latter half is like, you know, God, take the 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 my enemy's children and dash their heads on the right. rock. And so yep. sounds like abortion to me. Um <laughs> you know I mean? late term abortion. Very, that is very late term abortion. Um and so it's you can find like when you understand, like one of my favorite things to talk about is how like the devil is actually kind of a good guy for mm-hmm. most of the bible yeah. well even yeah yeah by the satan is satan is kind of a good this guy this is why the church of satan looks, look you yeah, know it's like, looks better like satan <laughs> like one of my favorite books in there is job um when god and you know i mean god is like god is the bad guy in that situation and so in most of the bible people mm-hmm. and you know well, I mean, most of the bible houses and the bad Person. Sending the plague. And, I mean, I heard, you know. I mean, in Divinity School, I didn't do it. I had a professor who said that the 
that the Hebrew scriptures are way more entertaining than the Christian ones. And I agree because the New Testament is basically Jesus is here. Drop what you're doing and follow him. That's really the through line. The, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, it's more of this varying epic of this people and the stories and all the other things. And when you really understand, it's like, oh, wow, this is really, imagine like a Disney movie before they sanitize it to get the show with the children. It's like Bambi and the Little Mermaid and, yep. and the Beauty and the Beast all wrapped together. And right. so it's really interesting and scary, but it's also, it's like, oh, this is way more interesting than, oh, Jesus died for you. You should follow because he's coming back. And that's really kind of the main idea of the oh, New yeah. Testament. And that's boring. But yeah, Satan was a kind of a goodish, at the very least, he was just doing what he was told to do. Yep. He wasn't this guy. He wasn't a praise and worship leader in heaven. He didn't fall from the sky. His name wasn't Lucifer. That was talking about an actual person. Um, you know, and so he's actually a good guy who wouldn't have even done anything unless his boss told him to. Um, and that's kind of really very far away from people would think about Satan, but it's <laughs> been taught. But... Nope, you know, but you know, like I said, there, there are always interpretations of, hill. <laughs> of this, the scriptures that everybody has a different interpretation, and what they glean and what they want to teach is also very just pour your fucking alcohol, you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> drunk no. bitch they're gonna hear it whore no they're not <laughs> Malcolm's drinking again cause he's a drunk bitch look at this bitch drunk ass damn son wow that was really intense <laughs> aggressive aggressive <laughs> as fuck it's okay. communion see <laughs> yo they used to have real wine in my church back in the day mm-hmm. I, I put your church that did that do um is there anything else that you wanna touch on today about this topic I feel like you could go all day, but me, we no, can. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fine. I need to write a book and stop playing. So, so our next segment, that's, I mean, we're here to support, you know, we support black businesses and black people, especially <laughs> with their queers and things. Right. Go ahead. Talk um, all day if you need to. But, uh, I mean, you can always come back and talk more. We can have mm-hmm. additional topics. Like we're going to have more race conversations. I think we could probably do a religion and race specific well, we'll see. We'll work out. You know, lots of things. So our next segment is called Rants and Raves. So you can do a rant about anything, or you can do a rave, or you can combine them and make oh, them one. All right. A rant rave. No. Yeah. <laughs> I. You can do separate. Either. I will combine something. This is going to kind of probably be a little bit to the, well, this is going to not necessarily out of that field, but I will, I will combine the two. And it's really more of a rant rave and a request. Okay. I would like particularly black and brown queer communities to be to endeavor to become more inclusive of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it's a blind spot that a lot of us have mm-hmm. and that I think we need to do a better job at thinking of those things as somebody who has technically two disabilities, mm-hmm. um, invisible, but still having them and people who have visible um, um, disabilities. um, I think that we can do a better job at making spaces for them, for us. Yeah. Um, And so that way we can be involved in queerness. Um, And this doesn't mean like, doesn't mean to stop having clubs and parties. Right. But if, if everything is a club and a party and if, the party and clubs that are there, you can't get into. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you can't be there. Then it it's it makes it's 
it's not an issue of stopping things, it's about adding more things. And right. I think that we can do a better job at adding more so that way more people can more people can experience queer community in a variety of ways. Sure, let's keep the clubs, let's keep the bars, let's you know, let, you know keep it, but add some of other that stuff. I think is it comes it comes back around to the same old mentalities that the church hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Is that I think a lot of reasons that advocacy is done in bars and clubs and things mm-hmm. is because that used to be the way to get people there. It's what people yeah, now it's what, and it's a safe space. Too. Yeah, it's, it's a safe what, space. But now that people yeah. are in the open, I don't think a lot of them have the experience mm-hmm. talking to people in the daylight in public mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. without having some kind of gimmick to get them there. Like I don't think a lot of them are prepared to have the quote unquote adult conversations right. because they weren't forced to have them before in the same kind of context. So mm-hmm. they're not used to it. I think it, it's going to be a, a, a process. And then, you know, there are lots of groups that are trying slowly, but surely I think, think people are moving. Away. I mean, the, the, the club industries is failing because people aren't going out as much. That's not where they need to meet. Mm-hmm. So I think as, as particularly here, things are yes. shifting, um, you'll probably have more, it'll be, the inclusion is growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I'll, like to see that, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'm about to throw a plug out there, although it is still a bar. Um, a couple of my friends who own Red Bear Brewing over in Noma, they have um, ASL events. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. ASL trivia, um, some other ASL stuff that I can't remember right now at the moment. But I feel like even though it is at a bar, it's still good to have mm-hmm. those type of uh, events and and things in place for people with that disability. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Starbucks on A Street, you know, they it's all sign language over there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like more, I guess the reason why I thought of that, because the owners of Red Bear, they're, they're gay. Mm-hmm. So LGBTQ owners having these type of mm-hmm. events for those type of people. So mm-hmm. just throwing it out there. That's um, good. That's good to hear. Because I think that's the thing. It's like, it's not about some people, because some people come from it as, oh, well, like, you know, all clubs suffer bad, whatever. It's like, no, like, club life, bar life, that that's meaningful to a lot of people. Yeah. And they've, that for a lot of different reasons, it's not perfect what thing is, but it's like, it's meaningful. So it doesn't mean that you stop. Right. Right. But it means have alternatives. Yeah. It means it's it not all of us have mega knees. Right. Yeah. It's like, like, what, what <laughs> other things are there to do? Like, queer, uh, queer people, we're all, all types of stuff mm-hmm. and to have situations and spaces where you can, you can like a, like a buffet who has a buffet with two offerings. Who has that? You know what I mean? So let, let, let's create some Never other mind. things. Some, maybe some bad buffets. I was, no, not I was Sizzler. Sizzler is great, but, but you know, I'm old. Right. Do it. Let's go. No. We like that here, especially no. me. Cause I'm terrible. Yes, mm. but no, but yeah, I think I, I, that wasn't really a rant or a rave. It was more of a request. I was really nice about it, I yeah. guess. But yeah, I, I, that's what... God damn it. Everybody need to have more safe spaces with disability. Mm-hmm. Folk. I, don't, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, accessibility, accessibility, safe spaces. You know? Like just when, when if, you're having, <laughs> if, safe spaces, if you're having your thing, just consider. Just, 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 just ask. Does anybody need any type of accommodations? If they say no, okay. You don't get anything back, okay, fine. But just... Be open to it. Be, yeah, be, be and open. Aware, if you're you asking know. people to come and give their money to you, right. consider that there's somebody who would like to give you some money who probably might, who may need a different way to get into the building. Right. Or who 
might need some headphones or maybe, you know, hey, it's great that you have the pool party, but, you know, maybe start a book club. Right. Maybe do something else. Like, like, don't take anything away. I think the problem is people talk about this is like, oh, well, down with clubs, down with bars. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it's not about taking things away. I think it's about adding. Adding, yep. And making things more accessible. And so that that's my thing. Just to be more considerate of what other people in the community may bring with them. Is every, Everybody's queerness is not set up the same and everybody's life Sure, yes, they're queer to the cows come home, but you know that's not they what have they ADHD. All are, they, have, they have yeah. ADHD, and the, the screen that you're on is not helping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or this person there are needs way too many colors. I can't. I can't. Focus. Yeah, it's like you know? it's things that people take for granted unless it's some it's them or someone that they know. Yep. So yeah, just things like that. That's all. See, I was I was section five hundred eight. Learn some, <laughs> learn some tenants from this from Section Five Hundred Eight. Oh goodness! Building websites so mm-hmm. they're accessible. Yeah, yeah, web pages right? and stuff so they're Like, like, who is the person that you? Well, think about who do you want to be here, and think of the person. If the person, like when I used to do advocacy work, my big pushback always was marches are great. I'm not saying to stop, but there's so many people who would help that can't. It's like, hey, I can't be in the march forever. All right. The sensory part is going to wear me out. I still care, but if ever don't stop marching. But if everything you do is around the march, and there's no other ways to connect, can to I just donate march, some you know? snacks so y'all have? Yeah, like, something. I can cut know. a check. Like I'll cut a check. I can donate bananas. So I'll do bananas. I'll you know I'll I'll bring some water. I'll meet y'all at the end of the march. Like right. what are other ways that I can, that support, I can support? You know, is there a hashtag? I can wave do? from the side. Like hey, there, like there, there. What else can Create I do? Signs. Yeah, no. it's like it's something that can be done to connect. It's like y'all always need to check. I can do that. Right. You know, so it's fun. Race. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> what other things can people do to interface with what you're doing? Even if even if you can't like look, I don't like somebody asked me is like look, I don't expect everything to be done at the library. That's unfair, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But if you want me to come and if you understand, you know, my particular realities, at some point, if you don't consider that in how you want to interact with me, then it's kind of hard to kind of say that you are in my corner because yeah. if everything you invite me to is like a rave and a loud concert or whatever, then it's like, well, you just kind of want me as an accessory. You're not rethinking about it. Right. Yep. (laughs) You're extending the invitation because you feel like I need to have. You have to. Yeah. You want to include me because you know me, not so Mm -hmm. much because you're actually trying to include me. Yeah. You know, it's you, you want me to come along. You're not, you're, you don't, you don't oppose me coming along, but you're not really thinking of me. It's like, if you tell me, Hey, Verdell, I hate steak. And every time I invite you out, hey, we're at you want to go to a steakhouse. You want to go to a steakhouse? (laughs) I'm at the steakhouse. Do you want to come? I need Mm -hmm. friends like that. (laughs) Nobody ever wants to go. I've never had a steak at a steakhouse. I'm sorry. Is that random? No, you're fine. We can be random and shit too. Um, Do I have a rent or rave? Um, Oh, stop (laughs) breaking my shit, bitch. (laughs) What what was that? A rubber band. It's funny. How did you. Uh, Messing with it. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Spinner. Okay, so I didn't have to drink in my hand. So, you know. My my, I don't. Not even done this yet. But at the gym, if you take a weight from somewhere, put the motherfucker. <laughs> oh God! Back. Yes. Put. They're labeled. Can they're I? labeled on purpose so you can yes. put them back where the fuck they go. I want to rescind my rant, and I am on the <laughs> side with Christians. 
if you fucking pick it up, if you can't put it back, don't pick it up. Please. You should lose your membership. You should be suspended. I almost want to start my own gym. So if somebody sees you put the weight in the wrong place, your membership is null and void now. I need you. Like, you know what? <laughs> Guess what? I can even live with you maybe putting it in the wrong place, but at the very least, fucking put it back. I'm tired of walking past the the um, the Badland rummage of your pitiful workouts. Stepping over oh, weights. Damn, you call me workout pitiful too. Shit. Because it's like y'all have all these weights, y'all not doing nothing. Well, wait. Put them away. They'll be they'll be uh, doing an incline dumbbell press with a twenty, a twenty five, and a fifteen. Oh, so they got multiples with the forty five pound weight. Yeah, and it's like but <laughs> you, but you aren't lifting shit. Get the fuck out of the it's way. Like, why do you have okay? That's, you being a little judgy, you know. I am being judged because you fucking up my you're fucking up my flow because you have all the weights that yeah. people and need. There are signs. And you're not doing anything. There are signs. Even like LA Fitness Cross Me is notorious for this. They be having it's just be it's like a, a, a graveyard, just shit everywhere. Everywhere. And but there's never, signs. And I'd be like, where the fuck are how, where do you take the weights? Yeah, it's like where did it go? It's like I'm here. Where is I need a barbell? Why can I not find a barbell? They're probably on the other side of the building, like no. by the by the And it's like why? Why don't you just <laughs> If wait, maybe you could just wait, right? Or do at least keep it over here, or like yeah, do something else. Like why do you have? If it's full, why do you have five different sets of weights? My thing be like I'm looking for a forty five. I can find a single forty five. Every all the weights that are supposed to be where they. There's a 90 in the five pound weight yeah, section. Yeah, There's yeah. a 15 in the 95. I'm like, bitch. Don't need a 10 pound labeled. Just put it back where you got it from. And, but they won't. And it's just, it's it's really. Oh, the fucking plates are, are one of my biggest pet peeves because it's like they're made specifically for the weight that is there. Yeah. It has a label on the side yeah, of what it's I can't what you're stand. supposed yeah. to go That's there. probably the number one. Like people putting forty fives on the top rung. Why? That's not what they don't even go there. Like they can't it, like you have to force it to be there. I was about to say honestly you're not even supposed to put it up there because the it's, next poke yeah, is right pole, there. Poke. Post. But the next pole for like this the next smaller weight that's supposed to go there is supposed to fit the two smaller weights. If you put them 45, obviously you can't fit the fucking like, 10 right put there. Put your shit back. Wipe the bench after you're done. What a nasty I, people. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, I smell the bench now, you know. Like, wipe it down. No, I, I'm joking. I'll, no, see, that I, 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 I'm I'll, joking. I'm annoyed, I'm joking. but depending on the gym, I will get over having to wait because commercial gyms really ain't built to do, like, heavy-duty stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a deadlift or a squat... All right, as long as you whenever I can wait. But if you have the bench and a barbell and another dumbbell on the side, okay, so look, you need to get a different membership. It is five o'clock in yeah, the afternoon. You need a specialty gym. You know, everybody's here. It's 70 people here. Every, and, and, like you got and, a line for all four of the benches. Yeah, it's 70 people and 51 a bench because you know, it's everybody go to the gym to bench. Right. <laughs> every, it don't even matter what day it is. Monday's the worst day, obviously. Yeah, but people are doing um, curls in the squat rack, super squat, <laughs> super sets. You know, you know I mean? like a super, I, I can live with that because I'm like, some gyms are, but some people set, stay like, in the same area to do their No, that's, that's fine. Yeah, but I can if live you're with using that. it, 
Yeah, no, that's I what I'm saying. Care. They're not using it. If you're it. using no, no, it, like, that is fine. I might be annoyed because I want to do what I want to do, but I can live with that because you got here first and you're using it. Yeah. If you you just collecting stuff, because if you're at a commercial gym and you trying to get it in, it's just not set up. Like even the way the 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 plates, like I hate deadlifting with those plates because they're not circular and it's mm. harder to get it straight mm-hmm. so you can pick it up. Yeah, but you do what you got to do, and it's thirty dollars a month, so sure. I want the. I want the hexagonal. Yeah, the hexagon, yeah. like the hex bar. I want that there. I want more than more than a, a one and a half squat racks because that little one <laughs> don't, that that don't count. The uh, yeah. one with, that you can. It's the one with like the cage, mm-hmm. and then it's the one that has the, the angle. Yeah, and that the, I mean, oh, sorry, the, the Smith side. machines are the worst fucking machines. The, the what is yeah Smith machines? See, the Smith yeah, machine, okay. I I. I can do certain things with them now, but I only do them in certain situations. The Smith like, cage is better, but most places don't have don't the cage. Want, I don't want a Smith machine. That's stupid. The Smith machine routinely, but you know they have a Smith machine in the apartment building now. They have one. Oh, it's See, broken. Mine, we have good. regular. Oh, actually, ours is a convertible. It's a it's a squat rack, bench press, and Smith machine. It has two. It's weird. It has two sides to it. The Smith machine side, side side is like mm. in the cage. I don't. I don't. But Smith then, machine is not natural to my body. It's not. I don't want to. Do I used yeah, to. But, if I need to, if I like put my feet on a bench and pull myself up, I don't. I use it for everything but actually squatting because <laughs> it, it's a stable bar to hold on to to kind of do pulls and stuff. But I don't mm. do it for for squats. I think that no, um, it's because your body moves. And an yeah, in, it in a circular you you get angle. more yeah you get more bang for your buck if you squat with less weight but do it without the assistance yeah that's you know they have the hack squat machine that some of no that's like terrible tennis. too I mean but it's terrible on your knees machine. it is but it's still terrible on your knee balls knee balls <laughs> on your knee balls all right so I don't have a rant or a rave it's just I uh, mean. I, I shared my rant with the gym thing I totally feel y'all on that okay. there was. A Missy video that dropped this week that I can rave about, but you know I always talk about Missy. So I, ain't about you. I didn't. You know it. what? You can stop. You haven't I, seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Have you heard the song? I've heard the song, but I haven't seen the video. So apparently, someone, the girl who featured on the song, is from Lumberton, North Carolina. Oh, I don't know if you're from that side of North Carolina, but I'm from that side. Goldsboro, I don't even Wayne know County, it's like northeast, something like that. I was an infant. <laughs> the Air Force Base. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you probably close somewhere I, in the area. But yeah, she from Lumberton. Shout out to someone. I tweeted her. She so wait, did back, you not so. like the video? Did you not like it? I love the video, actually. It's a very colorful video. The colorful video. The song is supposed to be like a baby-making song, technically. Oh, I skipped that song. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a good song. I actually really love the song. The video. <laughs> Why? I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just not my favorite on the... the... Cool Off is my favorite right yeah. now. Like, the one where it's just like... Mm-hmm. My favorite but, um, is the song. I forgot the name. Last one we was talking about. Um, I forgot the name, but the one she's talking about the um, the the guy cheating or whatever, like the acapella. Oh, wow, I still love you. Yeah, that one. That's my favorite one off of there because she like the singing I like part. It. I like that. the acapella version. The other version was clearly the beat was added on top of the acapella yeah. version and it did not sound natural mm-hmm. at all. So it was just bad. Anywho. The video was good. It's very creative, like Missy mm-hmm. is. I I don't. I I feel like she didn't. It was too quick. The transitions in the video when she went to one one scene to another scene, it was too quick to the point where it was kind of disjointed. But as far as like the background dancers and the imagery, 
just as a whole was really nice. So it's like maybe not if if I usually rate Missy against Missy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it wasn't like a one minute man or a work it yeah. video. So it's but. like like bad for Missy is still better than most people. It is. Oh, it's <laughs> such a good I um the dancers fucking killed it. Yeah, though. it was right. Um, but it was more of a sensual song, and Missy, she's not really very, she's not sexual, even when uh, she's sexual. Maybe, like maybe. her lyrics, she'll be sexual, but physically, Missy doesn't really do sexual. She's no, no, no. She's not doing traditionally sexy things. Yeah, yeah, but she's she's but she's yeah. very sexual. Yeah, it's like it's she. Just, I feel not, like she's she more sexual in her lyrics than anything. Well, yeah, else. I mean, she's not like. Megan Thee Stallion, you know. No, she didn't. And she I also like that. feel like this no. was her only video that, and I, I know the reason why she made it is because she did a vote on Twitter and she was like, what should be my next video? And it was between that one and Cool Off. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, it's cuffing season. You need to do Drip Demeanor because, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the sexier song. Mm-hmm. Missy's sexier songs, she's never done videos for. Mm-hmm. I never. I mean, noticed. well. So oh, when you say sexier, you mean like just the sensual part, or like yeah, just talking yeah, about sexual, like getting it in? Sexual. Because okay. she has a lot of songs. That she has yeah, like One Minute Man is you know about um, yeah, yeah, but it's not Soccer to me. sexual yeah. though. Mm-hmm. But those songs are not sexual. Soccer like, to me is very well, sexual. Do you mean like never the, did a video for it? The sensuality behind it, or like talking like I guess because that's in my mind, those songs are more sensual, definitely. Well, I guess in terms of you know the typical sensuality mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't think Missy gets enough credit for talking about sex the way that she Oh, she does. In her lyrics, does. she does definitely break that barrier before, mm-hmm. uh, like her and Little Kim. Uh, well, I feel, like, I feel, so the thing is, Missy doesn't get credit because she is not the traditional view of what is sexy. She's not wearing the right. bikini and stuff. Right. She's, She's doing also whatever. a bigger girl. Yeah, darker yeah. girl. Yep. You know what I mean? She, you know, is she, so she doesn't get the credit. It's like people just, when people talk about women and empowerment and music, it's like, I mean, not that they shouldn't get, like, Lil' Kim shouldn't get credit, but they just forget that forget Missy about was Missy there. Because it's not, the way she presents it, I think is different. Because Missy when you, nasty shit. And I'm like, yeah, girl, my yeah. God. It's just that she's not, she's, cool. Missy isn't pussy popping. Yeah. On, on the cover. So, so I would. kind of overlook it. So I would agree. This is more of a sensual side. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily sexual, but sensual. So. I, I was very excited to see the video, and again, it's fucking creative as shit. I mean, people don't do video. Well, people do people do videos now. Well, what what are the youth? Yeah, doing? they just come out on YouTube now. <laughs> just YouTube videos. Ah, uh, yeah. I I need to um look at um I like a good video. I don't. What video should I watch? Who should I who should I look at that has a good video? Ooh. What about this normal so, person? Ooh. This nor- is, is you haven't watched the motivation video. So I am. I'm at the age where people don't make music specifically for me anymore. And unlike many people my age, I don't cry about it because it's okay. I mean, I don't either. <laughs> to be honest, like a, I, lot of, a lot of people are like, rap such as like, they don't make rap for you anymore. Wu-Tang is over. <laughs> Child Call Quest is they gone. Just, they, let, let it go. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like the music industry makes, I mean, but also there are people making music for folks at that age, if you look for it, it is there. And mm-hmm. some of, and a lot of your faves or people who are of that ilk are still making music. You just have to look for it. It's there. But big deal mainstream, you know, they're not making music for me now. And, and that is fine. I routinely look at BT yeah. and I'm like, I don't understand what is happening. 
it's a YBN and a young this and okay. a See, I don't know the I names. Don't. The only new artist that I know and actually can stand for is the baby because one, the only reason I actually gave him a chance was because he's from Charlotte. I like him. And I love the So I understand what love he's him. saying. And this this might sound crotchety, but if I understand what you're saying and you're rapping, I'm going to give it a shot. He's and I don't I don't just mean in lyrics, it's like, oh, I literally can understand the words. Shut up, druggie. I'm well, well, the anyway, baby uses yeah. more than ten words in his song. It does. So and he's there's very, that. His you flow know. is very good. He doesn't mumble like you were saying. Yeah, you I don't. He says. I mean, like, and that's not even shade. I just don't mumble rap. It's just I'm sorry, that's not for me. You right. were not. I was not in mind when you made this. Um. So yeah, folks like Megan Thee Stallion. I like her. I think she Love raps her. really well. Yep. Um. You know, so, and she's a good person in general. Yeah. Like I, I, I she, she raps well. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's intense. But again, I was like, you know, this is how men rap. You know, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's, but it's I, the but people who say like she is yeah. better than most of the men. And that's the, the thing. And the people who say, oh, the the stripper rapper is out here. Like, oh, you just jealous. I'm like, sorry that she has more talent than you talking about do. the same shit she is from exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. It's just a woman's perspective. Like, didn't Snoop say something like that before? And I was just like, sir. It was JD. I think... Yeah, it was JD. That was that whole thing I know JD. I think... No, Snoop said something about Cardi B, didn't he? Or am I making that? He said something oh, really? at one point people were, like, dragging him. I'm like, sir, there's a whole porn with your name on it. I don't understand why do you say... Multiple? Yeah, like, they're, like, they're, like... They talk about going to Magic City all the time. Yeah, like, this holier that it's it's ridiculous like bitch you rapping about her on the stage and she just talking about her experience but you know treating you but stage, what i think though the thing that's funny is that even though women are rapping about sex in explicit ways it's still a level of it's still not the same way that men do it when men rap about sex in vulgar ways it's about conquering somebody it's about taking advantage yeah. of them when women do it it's about yeah do this to me yeah. i want this done to me give me this it's not well, about i did this on you because i'm taking your money yeah it's yeah. not about it's, right. it's it's very often not about overpowering, overpowering somebody, somebody yeah. taking advantage of somebody like yeah i want the money that's why i'm doing this whatever it's a it's a sense of control it's not they're not dominating anybody right. else. So even when women rap very in sex about in, in explicit ways, it's still different than when men do. It's so, about actual pleasure, not yeah. It's like I want to feel good, and men just want to fuck. It's like like make me feel good. Yeah, much. yeah. It's like it's yeah. It's it's much more palatable. <laughs> I guess in that way, it's like oh, this sounds bad. I'd rather listen to her talk. I about say it. rap about what the fuck you want, as long as you're not, you know, demeaning anybody. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if there was somebody I like to like demean rap or anything. But anyway, probably, and, probably, and I'm problematic Everybody in some sorts. But <laughs> you know, do whatever you want as long as you make your money and you stand 100 behind it. So you know whatever. who has lost? I mean, I grew up. I, I was coming of age in the Biggie years. Oh wait. We gotta wrap this show up a little bit. We do. Oh, it's <laughs> like it's, we can it's continue been two talking, hours, but, <laughs> but the episode is gonna do yeah. We, so, Rodell, do you have any socials or anything that you would like to share to the people? Um, I'm not really out on social media like that right now. <laughs> okay, that's totally <laughs> so fine. So you, if you follow me there, you won't get nothing really. You might get an occasional, oh wow, look at this tennis match, or look dinosaur fact, and that's it. Um, <laughs> eventually, I will. If when I return to the show, I will probably have more. Time. Yeah, but it's Work. y'all going. It's going to be cobwebs and tumbleweeds, so it's no point. I mean, I don't use my Twitter. 
Well, you don't have a Twitter. I'm the one. I do. Oh, well, you said Blake. I said I have a Twitter. I never use it, so I'm not going. My Facebook is like your grandmother's old wedding dress in the corner. That's what my Facebook is now. My Facebook. I'm starting to be very um, bothersome on Facebook just because I can't. I don't, I don't really follow anybody. Facebook. I just comment on all the people's things, so that's what it's for. All right. So if you want to hit us up, you can find us on Twitter at mixed underscore reactions. That's M-I-X-D underscore reactions. Or you can send us an email with some suggestions if you want to join the show, if you want to get feedback. Sending nudes. And send nudes as well. You can find a payment. <laughs> Yo, you can sponsor us. I don't have a sponsor page, but just send some money. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, but you can we'll find create, us at we'll create a a, um, a cash app <laughs> at the mixed reactions at gmail.com. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure everybody knows our personal Instagram, stuff. So I yeah. met Kaoki Boy Twenty Four K E O K I B O Y Two Four on the Instagram. I was just gonna skip that. Well, and he's M dot some shit and whatever. On Instagram, I am M dot S E M underscore D A D A H T. And also on Twitter, I am at Darnell's Journey. 